0: Joe, I, I love your meat. You love my meat? I, I adore your meat. Let's well, you hear. <laughs> that's why you wore that fucking shirt. Is it his meat shirt? It's his barbecue sauce shirt. Oh, that so it, it wouldn't completely... show the stains. Yeah. Look at, look at the big brain on Novak. Blanting <laughs> ahead. <laughs> All All right. I don't know if you want to put a put a rabbit quack over that F-bomb or if we're just going to let it fly. No, you're fly. Um, fly. But... Uh,
1: about the whole series with the f bomb.
0: I mean, it's just a word distraction unfuckable podcast.
2: <laughs> I don't listen. Can I specifically not have that be the title? I'm trying for the opposite. <laughs> Welcome, listeners, dear friends, dear relatives, dear strangers from the future in which we became famous, and you're listening back to the very first podcast we ever made together. This is Distraction Impossible. Each episode, our mission is to find the things in life that best distract us from the impossible reality of 2020 and beyond. I am one of your hosts, Nick. I... I'm joined by my best friends that God has put on this green and brown and blue earth if globes are to be believed. Uh, why don't you guys just introduce yourselves, please?
1: Oh, okay, and I'm and Joe just November.
2: crickets. Nope, nope. Just I got crickets <laughs> on the very first fucking thing I said to you guys,
0: Let Joe. The record reflect, Joe, I pointed at my webcam. You did, Joe. I absolved myself of responsibility.
2: <laughs> why? Why don't you go ahead and uh, start us off there, bud?
1: I'm Joe Novak. I'm a, an associate of Nick Tyler's. Uh, I've known him since the third grade, which was uh, 1997. And uh, it's been a wild ride ever since. Some legal encounters, some uh, some things we'll get into, I'm sure, at some point down the road.
0: Hey everybody, my name is Matt Zadel. Uh, I have known both of these gentlemen since, uh, we're going to say middle school, although I did first meet Nicholas here at a 6th grade Bandorama concert. No, 5th gr- grade, 5th grade. I will stand corrected, uh, and that was 5th grade. Uh, where Nick came from the fancy school that was allowed to play on their drums, and I had to play on my pad. And I resented him uh, for about the next nine years over that fact, and eventually I got over it. Uh, Joe was uh, an associate of Nick, and there was really no avoiding becoming as entangled with Joe as I have been any other person in my life. Uh,
2: why don't you give us a little, who is Matt Give us Give us the quick and dirty version.
0: Yeah, so uh, growing up in Cleveland, living on both the east, south, and west sides of town, uh, going to school there, going to college in the area, studying music and percussion performance, I went on to apply that degree as a assembler at the Vitamix assembly plant uh, for about two and a half years. Uh, I've taught privately and ensembles uh, for percussion, general music uh, for some time. And then I decided to move myself down to Orlando, Florida in the year 2016. We uprooted our lives, my wife and I, and we are now here, uh, and I am continuing to apply my music degree uh, in the area of business analyst ticket setup for the great Universal Orlando Resort.
2: Um, it is. Uh, it is also worth noting, though, that that the aforementioned wife has also been a longtime friend of, of Joe and mine, and and uh, dare I say, one of my best friends of the last fifteen years as well. And that I introduced the two of you in high school. Yeah,
0: I, I was. Uh, I know I that comes up. I was going to get there. Yeah, both of these wonderful men were in my wedding. They've both been incredibly important to me from the moment I met them. Um, my wife, who I'll start calling by her name because that's who she is, is Jen. And uh, I'm sure she'll come up in one of our many conversations of distraction.
2: And may even guest star at some point.
0: Holy cow. That'd be cruel. I do not object. I wasn't asking. <laughs> <laughs>
2: she might. Oh, she! I, I'd call in any of the favors that she owes me, including I think I have um, all-time shotgun in any vehicle she owns because of a burrito that I bought her in college. Anyways, Joe, why don't you go, go ahead and give us the the, the quick and dirty version of uh, who is Joe Novak?
1: So I am a longtime resident of Cleveland, Ohio, and I went to Case Western and thought I wanted to be a chemical engineer, and had that drilled out of me. So did some mechanical aerospace engineering instead. Now I work for an aerospace manufacturing company in uh, in Euclid. So I have not escaped Cleveland area, nor would I really want to. I probably will come up that I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as, well, as both of these gentlemen are aware. I think it'll probably come up. You're what? <laughs> you were both at the wedding, but uh, I don't know. Is that what it is? Yeah, was? and
0: there was all the, the Kwanzaa stuff? I was, I don't know.
2: So what, what, what I'm hearing is that you're a, a man of faith.
1: Absolutely. That sounds okay. like a good way to put it. Uh,
2: that, there, there is no judgment here except for uh, people that disbelieve the coronavirus is real. Uh, I think that's that's the limit I will set of. I will judge those people openly and freely.
0: As you guys are both aware, you know I'm a big fan of uh, the classic television production, Lost, And, uh, you know, we had a great contrast on that show of man of science and man of faith. (laughs) And uh, I think Joe's the son of a bitch who's both.
2: Of the three of us, Joe is the man of science and faith.
0: Yeah. I don't know what the hell we are,
1: but.
2: We're comic relief. One of you
1: is the smoke monster. (laughs) But.
2: Uh, Why don't you go ahead and, and tell us about your lovely wife, Joseph?
1: Oh, Amanda is my wife. Actually, today is our one year anniversary. Um, So that's been kind of a a blur of a year, especially in 2020, with all the various things that have happened. But she is a children's librarian working at the southeast branch of uh, Cuyahoga County Public Library. Um, She's moved around the the country a lot more than I have, so she's lived in Chicago and uh, Ripon. Um, Is that the city? No, it's been college. Okay. Oh, isn't it? I thought that was the city too. Well, it might be, but yeah, basically, it's the birthplace of the Republican Party. Although it's a different Republican Party than I think <laughs> you would find today. But um, and her family is still in in the area, and uh, she's got a couple sisters. But I think that uh, I found the best Pizzarello. So now I, I have w- a oh please I have a
0: confession. Please, I met Amanda at. The wedding? Like the week of the wedding? Yeah. Or did we meet earlier than that? Okay, so I've known her for a year now. I was in your wedding, Uh in the wedding party. I, at the end of your intro there, have just learned how her maiden name is pronounced.
1: Oh, so, Pitcherillo. Yeah.
0: There it is. Yep.
1: Yeah, it's a doozy. She's She was excited to transition to something a lot shorter, <laughs> easier to say.
0: Two
2: C's and even more I's. Mm-hmm i am nick nick tyler for those keeping track i don't know you guys put your last names in there so i suppose i'll follow suit uh the problem with and the reason why i don't often call myself nick tyler is i am cursed with two first names as you know one being a first and one being a last but uh so throughout my life people have just referred to me as nick tyler no matter what the circumstance no matter what it is um so i i generally just call myself nick my name is actually nicholas i was named after famed uh, academy award winning actor nicholas cage my parents really liked valley girl and uh what the fuck's the other one Uh, why do i think almost famous raising arizona raising arizona raising arizona Uh, they really liked those movies and if i was a girl i was gonna be named tabitha so i think i i uh, thread the needle there pretty pretty well I'm um, also from the Cleveland area, as these gentlemen are. As with Joe, I stuck around, uh, went to college at Case, lured Joe here so that mm. he could make the same mistake I did. Thank you. Degree, uh, a dual major in economics and political science, which I eventually made use of by starting as a. Uh, We were phone punching bags. I think that was our our initial title when I worked for the IRS. We were there to be beat up by anyone for any reason with any issue that they may have had with the Internal Revenue Service. Luckily, I clawed my way up and out of there made my way over to the Department of Defense. They in no way sponsor, know about, care about. Or in any way agree with, disagree with, have any knowledge of this podcast. So for legal purposes, they have no relation to this work whatsoever or anything that may ever spin off from it. Um, I'm a financial analyst in the Defense Finance Accounting Service, which is pretty much as boring as it sounds. I am, and this will, I will lead us into our discussion of why we're making this podcast with this. The only reason I'm making this podcast, well, uh, two reasons, but the primary reason that I'm making this podcast is to find a wife. I'm hoping that we get famous enough that we have fans that just throw themselves at us because as the only single member of our trio here, that means by default, they're all going to come my way. So I'm just really looking forward to to just our fame and fortune really filtering down more directly to me in terms of romantic attention, if that makes sense to, to you, fine gentlemen. Uh, but but no, for real, I am I'm the single one here. Although I was in both of their weddings, if that counts for anything, I think that makes me a good wedding guest. That, that you know, good plus one. But really, this this podcast was my idea. Uh, it is not my first podcast. It is the second podcast that I've ever put out in the world, although the first was pretty secret. It's called Real Life Alphabetically, which I made with a doctor friend of mine, Malavika Kesavan. It is available if you want to go back and listen to it, although we're not actively making it anymore. Um, what I wanted from this and what I do want from this, um, I think of myself as a pretty creative person, uh, even you know, despite the more rote and numerical things that I do in my day-to-day life. Uh, I've always been someone that processes my emotions better by writing. I write short stories, things like that. So I wanted to, and have been wanting to do something creative. I've written a couple of short stories recently, you know, as I work through the, the same sort of bouts of depression and anguish that we all go through as well as some not related to COVID or Trumpism or whatever. But the idea just kind of came to me of, you know, these two gentlemen are some of the best human beings that I know in the world. We have a, what I think of as a good chemistry and what I think of as, you know, a, Ironclad, super tight relationship where we feel comfortable and honest, and and are willing to share anything with each other. And we laugh as you know so hard that we cry any time that we get together. So I, it seemed like the sort of thing of why build something yourself when you can build something with two of the best human beings on this planet, and you know hopefully something that we're all proud of, hopefully something that you know give people some laughs, and ultimately go back to our goal of. You know, helping people distract themselves from some of the darker pieces of, of you know our current lives. Matt, what what draws you to the table here?
0: My motivation is not entirely unknown, uh, unlike yours. I was thinking through there about Jen, and it's sappy, but you know we share so much. You know we we work at the same place. We there aren't Jen's friends and my friends where we all have the same groups together. And as a result, we have mostly the same shared experiences together, Um, which means I don't get to put pen to paper um, on as much as I will with the two of you um, because most of that would be redundant if I said out loud and discussed with her um, because we went through the same thing at the same time. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to having that outlet. I'm, there's only so many virtual water cooler moments I can have over Slack Messenger with a bunch of ticket analysts for a theme park uh, before I start to realize that those people are good people. Um, they're great people. They're not the people that I grew up with in middle school that I can bounce the most insane things off of. Absolutely. Um, With the exception of one fellow that I work with who seems to have um, my life just a couple years in advance. Uh, He also went to school for music. Uh, He moved down to Florida. He worked in a factory job in, in PA after getting his music degree. Moved to Florida. Works at Universal in the ticketing area that I started in. Moved to the department I'm in now. Two, three years later, I moved to that department. So I'm really just watching this guy to see what happens to him. Um, and then preparing for it myself, <laughs> um, which is not bad. Um, but really, just to sum it up, I'm, I'm excited to do this because I have you two as incredible friends that we've grown apart in distance, but it really seems every time we get together, we see how much we have grown closer uh, in spirit and in mind. And I am excited to share my experience with you guys, uh, and I'm even more excited to revel in yours.
2: I th- I think that's a great point. I really like that point you made. Awesome. Joe has gotten up again. I th- I think it's a dog problem. Don't worry, he'll be back eventually.
0: I mean I don't know that.
2: I don't either. And if he's not back, then Matt, you and I are doing a podcast.
0: <laughs> I uh we'd manage but it would be it would be
2: lacking in it would in a certain element that you and I both need from time to time which is someone more measured and a little less quick on the draw
0: we need the straight man we need the straight man
2: and luckily Joe is as straight as they come
0: and he is currently phasing in and out of reality
2: why is he taking his pants off all right Joseph. i was going to oh man Okay. So Joe, why don't you why don't you give us a bit about your motivation and why you, why you wanted to come on to this project?
1: Well, I was a guest star on the once famous Real Life Alphabetically podcast that has garnered more views, more listens, more downloads, I don't know what the terminology is, than any other podcast in the history of mankind. And all true. Yep. And I enjoyed that tremendously. Um, and I think it is also a creative outlet, which I know Nick has mentioned before. We, I am no exception to having story ideas and jotting them down and writing out outlines, different things, but really never goes anywhere and nothing ever becomes of it. So I found it to be pretty. I found it to be interesting. I found it to be pretty exciting to be involved in in that podcast. And I just really never, I mean, there was one point in that podcast on a later episode after I would, was on where you talked about how basically you thought that Malavik was probably the only person that you would do a podcast with. Um, and so I, at that point, I thought, okay, well. Guess that I'm not gonna, you know. I guess that's not happening. And it was a pretty quick
2: thought. Well, and and it was it was true because, in my estimation of both of you, as close and honest and and you know, I don't know, bonded as we are, I didn't think that you you more so. But both of you would want to have this as your creative outlet, something this public, something where, you know, your your thoughts are a little less guarded than they might normally be, and you might say something off the cuff that in, in your more measured day-to-day, you might not say it kind of thing. So, uh, listen, I was pleased as fucking punch to find out
1: that I was absolutely wrong.
0: Yeah, you messed up. Yep.
2: <laughs> I'd take that one. That's on me.
1: But I'm very excited to be a part of this, and... I'm probably just gonna use this as an outlook or as a outlet to talk about uh, video games quite a bit but I love that you know I'm sure that other things will creep their way into there as well
2: I I think it is worth saying, and we don't have to go around for this one, but when we talk about distractions, what, you know, we're, we're, you know, quite a bit into the episode now, if you're listening to this, distraction can mean anything. It can be a movie you watch, you know, to the escapism kind of thing, TV show that you're binging. It can be an idea. It could be a, a thought you had that, perked up your spirit gave you a little serotonin boost it can be a person in your life that you know has been there for you or did something really great for It, it can literally be anything that absolved some of the darker natures that especially this year has brought out that is not to say that we're not going to talk about some of that you know darker natures and and Obviously, as as the three of or as the three of us have have talked about offline, um, there's no expectation. You know, we're not we're not here to give you all our secrets, there, dear listener. But um, we we certainly won't shy away from talking about the things in our lives that you know have brought us down. The things in our lives we're looking to be distracted from in the first place. You guys agree with that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah.
2: So I I know especially. Uh, we we connect and have connected for 15 to 20 years on all sorts of movies, TV shows, video games, all that kind of stuff. So be prepared to hear plenty about that kind of stuff. We are uh, video jamers, uh, as as I think the kids
0: call it. For me, the, the new console on the Xbox side has this uh, quick resume feature with the new solid state drives. Mm-hmm. And I definitely have that undiagnosed adult ADD. <laughs> Where I want to move between games and I have literally stopped playing video games lately because it takes 90 seconds to change games and I don't, I don't have that, uh, patience built into me. So the fact that I can now get insanely frustrated in, uh, Arkham Knight and just flip the switch and go race in Forza, uh, it almost instantly has gotten me so much more into playing games. I love that. Yeah. It's fantastic.
2: Especially as someone that, that has that same almost certain undiagnosed adult ADD, which my whole life I've called two separate things, being scatterbrained and having my mind go at 3,000 miles per hour. Um, yeah, that, that sounds pretty great to me. Joe, what, what are your video gaming habits these days?
1: Well, pretty sparse, for sure. Uh, I was doing mobile, if anything, at the moment. Um I've tried even playing some, which I was going to talk about at some point. It was Genshin Impact. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I tried that. I I played like twice, logged in. Hmm. Hmm. riveting. Probably about an hour and a half, and then it just kind of well a various thing. I mean, that was right before my mother passed away, um, and so I really haven't gone back to it. Um, since that, thought about it a couple times, but I also understand that it's it's the whole gotcha cycle, and there just is going to be a paywall because I've already read about it. Right. So I end up going back to, to games that aren't built on the microtransaction model, that aren't free to play, and and just it's unfortunate. But
2: I'm gonna hit you with a. a- impromptu question, and I want both of you to answer it. What is the mobile game in which you have spent the most American dollars?
0: I uh, I don't think I have. You have uh, never
2: been so linked and pushed I, into.
0: I honestly now if, if uh, you know we, we file our taxes together, so if we're collecting about uh, if we're talking about household spending <laughs> uh, Disney Magic Kingdoms That's
2: right. It's Jen's mom that is the the Candy Crush official. (laughs) uh, Jen used to text me because I went through a Candy Crush phase. Jen used to text me that her mother was pissed off at me because I was beating her scores and getting better bonuses than she (laughs) was for ranking higher than her.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've ever really gotten the kind of serotonin boost from mobile gaming uh, that a lot of other people have for me to merit. Any spending, um, to be completely honest?
1: The most that I've spent is Pokemon Go, for sure. Um, But in any case, and it applies to Pokemon Go as well, what I typically do is I play the game for quite a while first to kind of understand it and to see what would be the best value in terms of spending money. Sure. And then I go ahead and make pretty measured, measured payments. So for the Pokemon Go, it was incubators for for hatching eggs. Right. Um, So that I could do, I can't even remember, because it's been like three years probably since I've played Pokemon Go. But however much it costs to do incubators, I would get a collection of like 10 or 15 of them a month. And then I would use that, and you'd be able to get three eggs per incubator and uh, get Pokemon that way. So right now (laughs) I'm... Right now I'm I play kind of the most guilty pleasure games that I guess I'm embarrassed to even talk about, but I'll go ahead and do that. I play this quiz planet game with my family, my dad and aunts and an extended family, and then I, I play this like color by numbers game. Oh I like those. Okay. Well I like those a lot. I shouldn't be those ashamed. Are very, those are very calming. Yeah, and they, I can do I can do it like while doing really anything else. Absolutely, like, it's good
2: while you're watching a, a TV show.
1: You say that, or people in general say that they can multitask, but I know that typically I, I really can't. I think I can, but I can't. But that I can actually do. Just oh, I'm looking for number thirty-two, and I go around and I poke the screen <laughs> wherever there's a number thirty-two. So I can multitask while doing that we'll talk a
2: fair amount about multitasking cuz that multitasking that you do there is my norm when i'm playing a game i'm also listening to a podcast or when i'm watching a movie i'm also reading something or when i there there is v- the only times in which i am not doing a minimum of two like audio and visual stimuli at the same time to calm my crazy brain is if i'm watching a new movie or new show that i'm excited for that i will give my rapt attention to because it has new plot that is feeding into me but if i'm rewatching something or watching something i don't really care about absolutely i'm going to be playing a game absolutely i'm going to be um you know doing whatever else so i i totally get that about the multitasking yep are you guys ready for my answer of the game the mobile game in which i have spent the most american dollars late on me almost certainly It is a game that I have not had on my phone for many years and in which I think my um, collection maybe lost a time, though I hope not, because it could, and I sound like a crazy person to say this, it could be worth money, uh, Star Wars Card Trader. (laughs) They would get me with these stupid, like... Well valued deals, Joe. Joe, like you said, you know, I'd play. I played the game for a long time without it. You know, without paying actual money and going in and doing the you know, whatever earned you points that you could then buy these kind of booster cards. It almost like a Pokemon cards or a Magic the oh, Gathering or something. let not like get that. into but that. Virtual, yeah, exactly. Um, I to the point where there was this. This was early on in the game's lifetime, and this is five years ago, I think there was this rare set of virtual cards that I really wanted to finish. It was the Rogue Squadron set. And not only was it rare, like it was like these Rogue Squadron red elite cards. that Even though they weren't physical cards, I was still getting the serotonin boost of collecting them, uh, which I, I think that was the only set of anything that I completed. And for a while there, even the virtual set of those cards was going on eBay for like hundreds of dollars. Because within the the app, or within the app or you know quote unquote game, there was trading, there was you know collecting, there was all that kind of stuff layered into it. So that kind of layered on the serotonin boost even more of like, oh, these virtual ones and zeros are actually worth money, even though I'm the one putting money out there to get you know it's it's. I'm not the smartest person in the world when it comes to those weak moments. But, uh, yeah, I, well, I I'm not ashamed that. to admit I've been caught in those cycles.
0: I mean, I'm a sucker for anything that uses the value proposition. It pays for itself, <laughs> which is always a lie. Uh, and just the thing that comes to mind is really the one area I have spent American currency on virtual experience. And that's, uh, the last entry of Call of Duty Modern Warfare, <laughs> um, I got caught in the cycle of uh, the Battle the Pass Battle system, Pass, yeah, I knew it. Which, it's, you know, I, I talk myself into this idea that, okay, I'm going to spend $15 once, and with that $15, I'm going to play and unlock enough points to then buy next seasons. And I actually kept up with that for a few seasons where it did... In my brain, pay for itself, but no, I paid for it and I got it. That's, <laughs> that's the end. It didn't pay for anything. It didn't put any money in my bank account. If we move away from mobile games and yeah. virtual experience, um, similar to your, you know, collections uh, in Star Wars card card trader, trader, I think. Yeah. Was the, yeah. um, Jen and I fell hard into the world of Disney Infinity. You sure Uh, did. (laughs) Right around the time the third iteration of the game was released, we got into it, we started finding all the deals, uh, where you go to GameStop and you buy two used figures and you get five used figures for free. Uh, turns out that's why uh, the game became completely unsustainable, Uh, and Disney just canceled it because they were producing these Allegedly eventually collectible figures at a rate that you know there there, there was so much saturation and um, re-
2: refresh my memory it was sort of like a, an amiibo system where it had there was an mm-hmm. actual video game aspect to it, but then there was a like a a chip in the figure that you had where then owning that figure brought it into your game something like that
0: yep uh so you would purchase figurines that had an nFC or whatever the method was to play as that character um, it was a lot of user created experiences mm. but there were also i think they called them play sets or toy boxes i think there were play sets uh that would be actual uh, disney marvel or star wars ips uh that you would actually play through the story of that film that tv show whatever it was we have all of them including the crystal versions uh of some of the characters minus the ones that were released after they announced they were scrapping it. Right, Uh, That was so devastating for us when they announced that this was not going to get continued and supported any longer. There's actually one or two platforms that you literally can't even play the game anymore, even content that you've Uh. already downloaded. Um, If you connect it to the internet, it just breaks the game. But yeah, we have a lot of these figures, um, they're cool
2: looking. I do know that they
0: are. I mean, the the design on some of them are cool. We had them on bookshelves and things around the living room, and it was good stuff for the to- for the cats to knock. As I say, they
2: make
1: great cat toys. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: All right, so that's our short way of saying uh, what we mean by distractions. <laughs> Distractions is also a term that I like to use because I get very easily distracted in conversation and I go on a lot of tangents. And this podcast is basically going to represent all of those tangents. So we invite you all along for the ride with us. We we had an idea of maybe for those of you listeners that aren't our well, their spouses or or immediate family members, you know, getting to know us a bit more. Uh, do you guys want to go maybe through a couple of those funky interview questions or funky friend interview questions that, that we came up with?
1: Sure, sounds good.
2: Joe, how about you, you go ahead and start, pick a person and a question.
1: I wanted to ask Nick this, which was, what's the best piece of advice a family member has given you? I'll give you two.
2: One one each will be from each of my parents, and I hope that uh, if either of you listen to this, yeah, y- y- you guys know I love you. Um, the advice that my father gave me when I was just a wee lad was, all women are crazy. <laughs> that Obviously, that's a joke. That's not the best advice he ever gave me. But I the, the best advice that my mother ever gave me, and, and probably the best advice I've ever gotten from a, a family member was, I don't give a shit what you do. I just want you to be happy. And it, it had come off of a conversation of, you know, talking about disappointment and what I was going to do with my life and, you know, all that, that kind of big stuff. And why, you know, I'm, I'm 31 and not married and I don't have kids yet. And I'm not, you know, my, my both my parents very much want grandkids around luckily on my mom's side uh my uncle just had a kid at age 47 so there's there's an infant around over on that side that my mother's maternal kind of forces can go towards and it's the only other uh person of my generation on that side of the family so which is nice but uh but yeah we i i thought she was going to push me tremendously more of like you need to find someone you need to figure life out you need to you know all that and and she just straight up said you do do whatever you want i don't care what you do i just want you to be happy and hearing that you know it's not advice in the traditional sense of this is what you should do but it it was advice in the sense of that's the kind of person i also want to be um some i'm not judgmental i don't try to put my experience onto someone else or judge someone else's experience from it excuse me as long as they're happy as long as they're fulfilled satisfied all of that um so so that's probably the best i've
0: got best piece of advice i ever got i didn't listen to and that was are you sure you don't want a minor in music <laughs> uh and that came from both of my parents who were both musicians so i should have seen the writing on the wall there um but in reality i don't know if this constitutes as advice as much as just a weird mantra and apt for this podcast, a distraction device uh, that my grandfather on my uh, mom's side used to use for me anytime anything was bad, anytime I scraped a knee or had an upset stomach or had a problem with a friend, uh, the line, as patriarchal as it may be, was always, it'll get better before you get married. <laughs> And I don't know where that came from, and I don't know why that created comfort. I think even a young, stupid brain of mine understood that the root of that, it was just a silly, weird, very specific way of saying, this is temporary. This too shall pass. Uh, and even though I am now married, and I can't use that... Uh, I think I still apply the feeling uh, whenever anything is going badly. I, just this, you know, I, I have a broken key on my key ring from a terrible day I had once where everything went bad at work, everything went bad when I was teaching, things weren't good with Jen. I put my key in the door, and it snapped off and broke. So I was locked out of my house with the key locked in the door. And I keep that key on my key ring to remind myself that, there are shitty days and I don't remember a single detail about that supposedly shitty day.
1: Hmm.
0: I like that. I like so that. So this yeah, so just this constant reminder that it's it's passing. It, it will go away.
1: It'll get before your second marriage.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it's stupid and weird, but it, it impacted me in a in a big way.
1: How about you, Joe? I think that growing up, my, my mother always told me that the number one rule was don't panic. And that was something that came up innumerable times uh, while growing up in various circumstances, much like Matt. Problems that would arise or accidents that would happen or whatever the case may be. But it was just kind of interesting to see that almost flip around, though, um, in recent years, and have me have to tell her it's the number one rule: just don't panic. Why are you? What are you freaking out about? What are you worrying about? What? One way of looking at it is that that rule kind of presupposes some kind of parental safety net, or yeah, like someone's someone's going to be there to to take care of you. And so, when you feel like you are beyond that, that you don't have. Family, or you don't have that safety net, then it can kind of feel like uh, feel like panicking, no matter what age you are.
2: I think in her case, uh, she didn't want you to worry because she was already worried enough about you for the both of you.
1: Probably true. Yeah. Probably very well said. I loved your mother. She was a
2: she was a special one. I think
1: she was, and and eventually she told me two years ago when I went to the emergency room right before I started dating Amanda, the number one rule all of a sudden was call your mother when you go to the ER. No, 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 no. The number one rule has been for the last 30 years, don't panic. Number two rule can be call your mother when you go to the ER. You can't change the
2: rules that deep in the game.
1: Absolutely not.
2: Matt.
0: Matthew. Nicholas.
2: What do you love most about yourself? Let me let me it's... let me preface this for both of you and give you a, a second. Um, both of you are extremely good at not talking about yourselves positively. Uh, you are not braggarts in any way, shape, or form. You are not narcissists in any way, shape, or form. And I, I very specifically put this one first because I really, truly want to want to know what about yourself you hold in the best esteem.
0: I have an ability to make people laugh. And if I, of all the things I can do, of all the things that I feel like I bring to a table, if I woke up one day and that was gone, uh, that would hurt the most. If I suddenly couldn't speak, if my hands were severed from my wrists and I couldn't play music anymore, all those would be terrible. But if I couldn't make a room giggle at something absolutely stupid and i know this sounds weird because thus far and i don't know what the magic of editing is going to do this this recording has been on the heavier more serious side a little dry um but an ability to make people laugh smile happy um that is what i like the most about myself
2: joe how about you what do you love most about yourself
1: I wanted to make sure I got the wording there again so that it's your words and not mine since I don't uh, like to talk about myself in a positive light. Um, Which
2: I will force as often as possible.
1: Okay. So what do I like most about myself? Love. What do you love, love most about oh, yourself? Okay. That's a strong word. It's a hard
2: L, my friend. That's a hard L.
1: Gotcha. Uh, what I love most about myself is probably that... And granted... As you can attest, I I am not a quick person in a lot of uh, aspects, whether it be test-taking or uh, many other aspects of my life. But what I love about myself is that given enough time, I can figure out almost anything, um, whether it be some technical challenge at work or whether it be any number of things but Given enough time, I can figure out pretty much anything, and and then I try to do it at a very high standard of, I don't just, that's another thing I should probably say about me, is I, I tend to not do the minimum effort required, I guess is the best way of putting that, so...
2: I think that links both of you. I think uh, both of you are extremely measured. I think both of you are extremely organized. I think both of you are perfectionists in those well, things that you care about. I think that, um, Matt, uh, in my answer, my answer is going to sound a lot like yours. Um, the thing I love most about myself is that, and this is this has kind of changed over um, – Over the course of my life, but it's, it's two pieces. One, I'm, I'm pretty quick witted and, you know, in terms of, I can talk to anybody, respond with anything. I'm not caught off guard from a conversation, anything like that. But, but what it kind of filters down to or boils into is I love about myself that I am a spotlight performer. When you put the pressure on, when, it's, when there's one second left on the clock and you, you know, the big play needs to happen, I love that those are the moments that I shine the most you with no warning stick me in front of 200 people i'll give that presentation and it'll go as beautifully more beautifully than if i had had you know an hour's notice something like that um that is is literally something that's happened to me before without notice having to go in front of two three hundred people and be like hey just just talk about you know training for 10 minutes or something boom you know i I, i'll get the job done in, in that regard um Public speaking is not something that came natural to me. I am a anxious person. I am someone that gets anxiety from making phone calls where I was I literally worked on the phones for like 6 years taking phone calls and yet think you know the idea of calling a pizza place to order a pizza my mind's like no what if they yell at you what if you do it wrong uh, logistics being one of the number one things that, that worry me but when it comes down to the actual pressurized moments and and getting you know whatever it is done those are the moments that I thrive and I, I do love that about myself
1: what if they call you a liar and tell you they don't put bones in their sausage <laughs> real, real things
2: true. Yep. yep it is true right? what was that Jets Pizza what is that there's, Jets Pizza there's
0: Jets Pizza down here in Orlando and we've ordered a couple times and uh, I was surprised to not see any remarks coming up on my uh, on my receipt
2: I will say that that does remind me, um, Joe. Kind of over near where you used to live, there used to be a movie theater, and there was, I believe, it was, I believe it was a Pizza Hut that wasn't far from it. And before going to see a movie as a kid, my mom took me and my step siblings to get pizza, and I bit into one, and it had one of those metal S hooks that they <sighs> used to like hang spatulas and things on the metal racks, was baked into the crust. Holy cow. So, so you never know what you'll find in your food, you know,
0: anymore. And uh, your mother was not feeling litigious about that?
2: I think about that every once in a while when it pops into my mind of if it had been my father that I was with. <laughs> Although, because my father is a lawyer turned administrative law judge, um, I was with him when the Great Lakes Mall Burger King Put a uh, charcoal briquette or or some sort of charcoal as the burger patty of my burger. <laughs> <laughs> Not a joke in the food court, and I know I mean, he. It's
0: Burger King. Did you notice? Like, did yeah, you get? I, it was whole crunchier.
2: It was crunchier than normal, <laughs> uh, gotcha. and it didn't have cheese on it. No, um, but I I bit into it. It tasted like ash and stones, and <laughs> he went and reamed them, And I think our like. $8 meal was free or something like that. Oh, but but right. I think about that as another moment of like couldn't we have couldn't I have gotten my college paid for 10 years early by <laughs> suing one of the, you know the one of the yum brands.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so for to say we won't be getting any sponsorships from Pizza Hut, Jet's Pizza or Burger King.
2: Absolutely not and let me tell you the reason. They owe us. they they, they should be the first ones in the door to buy back our goodwill. Because let it be known now, and I'll I'll speak for myself in this. If you uh, sponsor us in any way, provide us products, provide us money, or in any way increase my own personal wealth uh, as a sponsor, uh, I will talk so nicely about you and your products here in the Olive Garden, right Right here next to me. (laughs) We're all family.
1: I will share on Instagram with all zero of my followers. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I want to know what song both of you absolutely hate this
2: one was a mm-hmm. was a question of my
0: own creation so uh let's start with Joe
1: okay now, something that people will probably learn about me is that i i enjoy, i mean music is good music is fine, but I am not <laughs> into music as much as other people are
2: this This is a big point where Joe diverges from matt and I
1: indeed. So a song that I, is it hate? What is it? Hate. Abhor. Yeah, there's,
0: you, you turn the radio off when this one comes on for sure.
1: The problem is that I don't really have much of a musical identity of my own. Or perhaps I've gotten a little bit of one within maybe the last five years or so. But really it's been all about my parents and what they listened to while I was a kid growing up kind of assimilating that musical identity. And you raided my father's CD collection. Oh, absolutely. I needed his uh, Aerosmith and his ACDC yep. CDs. Yep. But what would I turn off? I don't know that I'm going to be able to give you something that I would just turn off, unfortunately. I hate to well,
2: that's okay. out here. But. That's okay. Matt, how, how about you? You got, a, you got a song that you just absolutely can't stand?
0: Yeah, this was ingrained from my dad, um, not a country music fan, but I can tolerate a lot of country. I don't like when we start getting into the arena style country
2: artists. Yeah, are you like me? Do you like more like the Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings old yes. style country, Hank Williams yes. Sr.?
0: Exactly. And almost getting into like the bluegrass side of e- things, exactly. Willie Nelson. And yeah. and then you hit like
2: 1970 uh, and it's like, "Nah, I'm good."
0: A specific song, I will chuck the radio. Out the window, uh, when God bless the USA, by Lee Greenwood oh. comes on. It. We left Cedar Point during a fireworks show when I'm proud to be an American started playing. This is not meant to be a political statement in any way. Uh, just that song makes me want to die. Um, For your country? No. <laughs> For the great nation of Canada. <laughs>
2: Oh sure. Canada, beautiful!
0: I, I love Canada.
2: What a, what a country!
0: So yeah, uh, that is the song that I I will turn the radio off.
2: I'll sing you a bit of mine because they won't uh, ever find this podcast, so it won't matter, and it won't sound anything like it because my voice is shit. Are you ready? Because Matt, you'll know it. Joe, you won't.
0: Is um, it the South High Islander? a
2: Perfect person. Uh. I'm with that. There's right. many. Ways. I fucking hate Ooh. the reason by Stank so much. I I have no words for it. It just makes my my skin crawl. Um, it's a bad song. It has bad, the, the, the lyrics are bad, the music is bad, it's too slow, the music video is stupid and awful, it got overplayed back when there was a VH1 Top 20 video countdown. I assume it came out when we were in middle school, that would be my guess, early 2000s. Um, I just hate it so much. I hate everything about it.
0: Uh, another song that I grew to hate after working at Vitamix and they would play uh, radio, uh, over the factory floor is bittersweet symphony. I love the, the Verve. verb, thank you very much there's a reason this specific song though uh stands out for me, and it was because someone pointed out that the string melody or the string accompaniment that happens underneath um literally never stops. yeah, it is the exact same thing for the entire runtime of the song, and uh, i i can't I can't abide that. <laughs>
2: I do like that song. Although I often will turn it off because I have, and not to speak ill of, Mm. of, you know, this term that we've now used a couple of times. I have music ADD of there's very rarely do I listen to an entire song. I, I almost never make it through an entire song. I'll, I'll listen to five seconds. If it's a song, I don't like 30 seconds to a minute to two minutes. If it's a song I do like, and then I, I want something else or it's, it's just not the vibe I'm feeling. So Bittersweet Symphony is a song to me that is too long. I'll get what I need from it from like the first two minutes and then I'm I'm moved on.
0: I mean the repeating part you can get what you need from it from the first five seconds and then you just <laughs> control C control V. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> well and then it, it wasn't help. It wasn't helpful that the sound system at Vitamix was terrible in oh. a giant booming warehouse. Sure. So most of what you could hear was just that part. <laughs> was rough.
2: Joe, why don't you go ahead and tell us about some of the things that have distracted you recently.
1: Some of the stuff that's distracted me most recently, especially video game-wise, would be Pokemon. I am a Pokemon aficionado, as I have been for a couple decades now. They got their claws in me early and have never let go.
2: Will you please tell the story?
1: I... Maintain that we went to Toys R Us, and we were looking for Pokemon because the, which I now realize looking back at it, the brilliant marketing strategy was that they released the anime however many months before the games were even available in, in America to try to drive up interest. So I'd already been watching the anime, I presume, at that point, and heard that the games were coming and so we went out to look for them. We asked one of the workers there, the sales associates at Toys R Us, and he said something to the effect of what what is it called? Poke Pokemon? Pokemon? We don't have any games about poking men. And like I said, it seems it sounds so absurd now, uh, after the franchise has made two hundred billion dollars, but that's how I remember it.
2: I, I heard it not that far off after that. So I've I've long held as well that that is the absolute God's honest truth of like an eight-year-old Joe going with his mom and, and being told that they don't have any games where they poke men. Mm-hmm. I, that's just so near and dear to my heart. I, I, just, I needed that to be shared, so I appreciate you.
1: Oh, absolutely. So the most recent games were Pokemon Sword and Shield. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about that and why I still think that Pokemon Sun and Moon or Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon are the gold standard of the best that the Pokemon franchise, the the core RPG games have been. And that mostly comes down to story. And another thing that they do very well is because they're trying to really do a a very stylized aesthetic for all the different areas, all the different cities... um, they segment things off, so it's not all part of the one continuous open world, which seems like it's kind of seems like it might be kind of a, like a demerit against them. But if you have a whole open world where everything's blended together, then there's some limitations to how like fantastical you can be with your world building design, unless it's truly gigantic, sure, like a, mm-hmm. like a Red Dead Redemption Two or something. Sure. which Pokemon's not going to be um, <laughs> we all understand that there's kind of a conceit to the Pokemon games in that it's like a five six it's always a five six year old protagonist that goes on to save the world from whatever some kind of cataclysm the legendary Pokemon that controls the weather or controls time and space is angry and is gonna destroy all of reality. But this five-year-old kid who got his Charmander and then trained up his Pokemon somehow is better than everyone else who's been training for years and goes on to beat the Elite Four and the Champion and then also stop that Pokemon, that legendary Pokemon, from destroying the whole of reality. It's kind of how how it always goes. Well, in, in this game, as you're kind of going along through the story, there's just... Time after time when the current champion whose name is Leon and some of the other main characters are running around and you're all trying to figure out what's going on with the, the sword and the shield and the legend of the the legends of that region, which at first you think it's just a sword and a shield, and then you realize the sword and the shield are Pokemon themselves and all this. But they they go time and time again into okay, the grown-ups are gonna go handle this you kids just continue on your gym challenge adventure. And that's incredibly frustrating. Yeah. There's, there's no point of the Team Rocket game corner where you get to Celadon City and you go into the casino and, holy crap, the mob has infiltrated the game corner and you need to go take down the mob, Team Rocket. And you go through this whole little dungeon in there of beating people. That doesn't really happen, you just get told, like patted on the head and told to go do your gym challenge. And and so it's it's kind of frustrating because ultimately like you do circle back and you are the one who saves everybody, but it just feels like you didn't get the story along the way. Oh, so so it's all the
2: payoff and none of the actual build up. Right. That's
1: very strange. Very, very little build up.
0: Do you think that was just an attempt by the creators to make a more casual experience that you didn't have to follow too deeply you just kind of
1: Now there was there 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 were little bits and snippets but it was basically down to cutscenes. It was less of telling the story through entire areas like like I'm talking about in having to go into the game corner and beat team rocket or go into Silph Co or subsequent games and more just, okay, we're at the statue now of the sword and shield being wielded by the hero of legend. And so we have a little cutscene where we talk about it. And then, oh, there's like an earthquake sound and some trouble's brewing. And then the, the adults are like, we're going to go take a look and see what it is. You keep going on your gym challenge. I think what it was is they were trying to actually distinguish it from pre... because these adventures all kind of play out the same way. And so it probably is best illustrated by, in, in Sun and Moon, there was this town that was taken over by Team Skull, where the actual town itself is all graffitied over. Even the Pokemon Center, which is usually a safe haven, you go in there and they battle you, and then they'll heal your Pokemon, but you actually have to pay them. Like, again, paying the mob or something. It's actually you know, a three-dimensional city that's been taken over in this way. And there's debris and it's it looks, like I said, graffitied and, like, they've been rioting almost and there's just destruction. It's pretty cool. Wow. Well, in this city, they go in, in, in Sword and Shield, they have kind of a similar area, but because they didn't want to repeat that same idea, they turned it into just a two-dimensional, like, side-scrolling thing where the city is... You walk into it and it's just a screen that you walk from left to right and oh, people jump out and you fight them and then you walk from left to right a little more until you get to the end where the gym leader is and then you fight him. And it's like, what a waste of a city. Like, but right. It's not a city, it's, it's just this two dimension, it's like turning it into a Mario game. It's a green screen. Yeah, and I think that they didn't want to repeat. They thought This is too much of a similar idea to what we did in Sun and Moon, so we're not going to have it be this entire city that's been taken over and has been ransacked and looted and pillaged and whatever. We're going to make it different, and and they made it different in a way that I thought was just really not very satisfying. I I love your passion for Pokemon,
2: and I, I myself do have a passion for Pokemon, despite the fact that I have not played or been involved in many generations now at this point the last that i was seriously involved in i think was was x and y but i i love that it went from this piddly little thing that no one here in america had ever heard of you know some japanese import that that barely made its way over here and is now such a just behemoth in gaming and and media um i i am very fond of pokemon and Matt, how about you? What's, what's distracted you from the, the bore, the monotony, the sludge that it is 2020?
0: I, uh, I'm going to also go down the video game hole here. Um, I look at 100% completing a video game as almost a sign of respect for those games that have really earned my attention and my affection. Absolutely. To go that deep. Um. I can count on one hand the number of games that I have gone that deep into, Um, and this week I did so for Jedi Fallen Order. Oh. Uh, Have
1: both of you guys played? I have not, unfortunately.
2: I have. Joe would adore it, but he'll get to it in 2025.
0: You know, as I mentioned, I'm I'm on the Series X now, and the big thing right now is playing backwards compatible titles uh, from the last... Three generations of Xbox games, and a lot of them are games that were released for the Xbox One uh, that are now put on hardware that can actually play them correctly. You know, 4K resolution pretty much maxed out at 60 frames per second. It it stutters never. Uh, Load times are instantaneous. The game just feels so much more fluid that i mean i've enjoyed it more than i ever have and that was a big part of what pushed me to find every secret every um force level up every uh little canisters you get from bd1 all the lightsaber um,
2: crystals all the cloaks every all the,
0: yeah. all the yeah exactly um and it's been fantastically rewarding uh, i really enjoyed playing through the game again and playing through the game the second time. This is the first game I've ever played that is really a parry-based action game. Yeah, you're not much Uh, of a Dark Souls kind of guy. No, and uh, the first time I played it, I didn't get it. Um, I understood there was a button to block. Uh, (laughs) I understood that if I held that button, I could block a certain number of hits until I took a certain amount of damage uh, to the blocking mechanism, and then I would start to take health damage. Uh, And that made the game... Very difficult to play.
2: I'm amazed you made it through it, just to, well, to be frank.
0: when I got to the final boss, I actually had to just go in and put the difficulty down to story mode uh, to to even get through it, and even that was still a bit of a challenge. Um, on second playthrough of the game, uh, I kept it on the normal, I think the default is Jedi Knight difficulty, uh, and I completed that final boss with zero deaths and still like three or four health packs of my 10 total remaining. So it's amazing when you actually learn to play a game correctly, um, how much more enjoyable it can be, because I'm, I'm not normally a gamer of games that you really have to learn. Right. Um, up until now in my life, most of my video game experiences have been games that I really just want a mildly interactive cutscene. Uh, move me from point A to point B, let me do a few things along the way, but I'm really just there to watch this story unfold um, and maybe feel a little bit like I play a part in it.
2: And then you would also swing the other side as well of, of like a Halo multiplayer or a Call of Duty multiplayer of there's no story to this piece. This is just you want to hop in for 20 minutes, you know, get, get your get your serotonin boost and hop out because I know you, you and I follow the same kind of First-person shooters of that, you know, not so much the um, Overwatch or any of those, but but I know especially mm-hmm. I like the Call of Duties.
0: Yeah, when you just really want to get into the mechanics of the game and just do that purely, I've enjoyed that with multiplayer gaming. But um, most of my gaming, you know, it's the the Arkham series. Uh, I enjoy a good story, but this was a good first step into playing games that. I actually had to learn how to play this game. Um, I can't remember where I heard this, but it was probably a TED Talk um, about video games where someone discussed that video games are one of the only art forms that if you're not good at it, you don't get to do it. Like, you don't get to... you know,
2: see the end. And and that story mode that you mentioned, that's only a recent kind of thing that's popped up in video gaming in the last couple of years of uh, where it explains it as, oh, I'm a video game novice. I'm just here for the story kind of level right. of difficulty.
0: I mean, imagine watching a film and you get to the halfway point and there's a quick quiz. And if you don't know enough about the film, you don't get to finish watching the film.
2: That's wild.
0: That. That is what video games do, and that's a very unique experience. Um, and I really like thinking about it that way. It rewards you for being good at it by giving you the rest of the story that you paid fifty nine ninety five for, uh, but you only get to see it if you're good at it.
2: I, I think you may have just explained the popularity of video gaming.
0: Yeah. Again, not my thought. I, I don't have a credit for where I first heard that, but it has definitely been a thought that, Overarched my feelings and approach toward gaming um, for the last how many years since I heard that.
2: Good writers borrow; great writers steal. There you go, Nick. What's been distracting you? Well, before before I go into mine, because mine will all be just kind of quick hits. Do you have any any quick hits that you came up with before? You move to me.
0: Mm, no, um, I wish I had more things to build. That's a thing that I really love doing yeah. to uh, to pass time. I built a little. Uh, storage bench creation today that we bought from Bed Bath & Beyond uh, instead of taking a lunch break at work because I had some anxiety about some work stuff. Um, I haven't had a Lego set under my hands in a while, and that's a damn shame, so I need to get on that. But just building, creating, crafting. One of the only things that kept me sane working for two and a half years, third shift at a blender assembly plant, was I, I like putting stuff together. And you got to put that together was interesting. That's fair.
2: All right. So here's, here's what I got for you. Fine gentlemen. Um, I'm getting back into, I, I enjoy entertainment cyclically. I sometimes focus on video games. I f- sometimes I'm watching a lot more TV shows. I'm sometimes reading more books or watching more movies or that kind of thing. I'm, I'm moving into a period or have been moving into a period where I'm watching more movies again. I, I made myself a list of older movies, specifically comedies, because I've been looking more in that vein recently. Older comedies that I want to re-explore and watch again. Um, things like... Tropic Thunder, things like Clue, things like the Adams Family movies, um, you know, stuff, stuff of that nature that you know I enjoy tremendously, but may not have seen in ten years plus. So that that is certainly how I've been distracting myself. Uh, I've also been playing a tremendous amount of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which uh, if you are a video gamer, if you enjoy action games, if you enjoy a Let's say it's about a six and a half, seven out of ten story where you're a Viking and you just want to make yourself a, a better city and you know, basically beat the shit out of people. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Valhalla is your game. My God, there has never been uh, an Assassin's Creed game that cared so little about you assassinating people. You can just <laughs> jump right the hell in and basically become the Batman with an axe and just swing on everybody and you're going to be all right. And also, I think my favorite part is Gone is that... In in older Assassin's Creed games, you would be spotted, and then there would be a ring of 12 guys with spears and swords all standing around you, and one to two at a time, they would come in at you and attack you, right? Well, in Valhalla, it's much more of a realistic type thing. There might be five guys that all come swinging at you at once, or those five guys might be fighting other people and all have their backs turned to you, and you can just start You know, bashing them right in the back kind of thing. It's it's been a much more realistic kind of battle scenario that I've I've really gotten into. I think most gamers for the Assassin's Creed games play it for the Viking pieces, the Egypt pieces, you know, the the Mm. old the Italian pieces, the Assassin Asian pieces, much more than any of the modern day story that kind of fits a structure around every eight hours of it. You pop out of the Animus and. Run around for ten minutes and then jump right back in. Uh, much more in the DLC, the downloadable content for those games. They've been then focusing on more of the modern day stuff and how the two relate. You know, there are people that are never going to buy their DLC, and that's fine. But for those those of us that are looking for that, yes, it's a shame it's not in the core game. But I've put easily. I don't know, 70 hours into Valhalla at this point. And I, I legitimately probably am only about halfway, maybe a little more than halfway through right now. So there's awesome. there's a tremendous amount of content. And, and I've never felt bored in it because they have also interjected all these little tiny, small, weird side stories and side missions and things in a way that's just really enjoyable. Uh, my favorite being that there's a couple that uh, you've just come up on randomly and you start talking to them and they're they're like yeah the passion's gone out in our relationship we really used to like having sex but now we don't like having sex with each other anymore and it used to be great because we would go and raid and pillage and burn cities down and you know we were super horny for each other and you know that spark is gone and basically they have you burn their house while they're in it And as as you're burning the house, they're like, actually, you know what? This is working. We're 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 getting into this. Well, let's uh, we're gonna throw down in the bed. Hey, you want to come join us real quick? And I will say that the game is almost entirely like sexless. That even though there is romance, or even though that this is like a minute little side story in it, anytime that actual sex is going to happen, referent, anything like that, the game pulls back like it's a Disney movie, you know, totally ignoring uh, a curtain comes, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, it's a Truman show. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I just, that one stuck out to me of like, that's just a totally random occurrence that you find. It's a mission that, you know, Maybe five people out of ten found and and did and got a laugh out of, and five out of ten had no idea it was ever there. Kind of thing. Uh, they've they've kind of riddled the game with that little stuff. Where if you go looking for it, you're going to find fun one way or the other. Um, two uh, two other things that have been distracting me. Um, I get a new couch tomorrow.
0: Nice, nice.
2: I am so tremendously excited. It's it's almost it's the end of an era. I've lived in this house since about February of two thousand nineteen and here we are coming into late November of two thousand twenty and all I've had is a fucking two person love seat. And I am a six foot four gentleman that does not fit my entire body on I've had so many neck issues. I've had so many and part of it is laziness and part of it is because I am Uh, my own worst enemy in a lot of ways. I will say I tried to buy a new couch in October of 2019. Uh, There was someone I I was kind of long distance romantically linked with that was coming to visit in late uh, or later in October. And I was like, Oh, you know what? I should finally pull the trigger and buy myself a couch. So I ordered one. I bought it. I paid the money, which was about a thousand dollars. And never heard from the company. Yeah, it's not an email, not a word. I got a confirmation right at the moment of buying it because I bought it online. And then nothing, nothing. The only way I didn't have to go through a tum- tremendous amount of work was that after 30 days, PayPal refunded my money automatically because they hadn't signed up correctly for a PayPal account on their side. <laughs> they were so inept. That and I I, like, I tried calling and emailing and you know, was getting absolutely nothing. And then one day, PayPal was like, Hey, uh, it's been 30 days and they didn't set up their, their shit correctly, so here's your money back. And then I just considered it ended at that point and was so turned off by the experience that I didn't buy another one. This time, I went through and I'm like, You know what? I'm gonna buy from a better company, uh, and went through. Looked at all sorts of couches, measured out my entire house, planned exactly how it's going to fit, you know, exactly how it's going to look, what's going to work best. It's the exact same couch. <laughs> It's literally the couch that I had already bought the year before. Same color, same brand, same everything. That was not intentional. That was not in any way planned. Uh, It just, I guess I have a certain couch sensibility. I also think it's the same couch I bought when I lived with my ex in Willowick. Pretty sure that I will have now paid for the same couch three times. It made me laugh first. That was my first reaction to it. And then the second was like, why did I wait a year? Why, why did I, after that one, not just immediately buy that couch from somebody else? Why did I wait I a mean, year? I you mean,
0: got, you got catfished by a fake couch company. You know, you get burned, and step away for a little bit. Well, that's, that's very true. Um, you know, you go on a rebound, you buy an area rug. You know, you don't go right back to a couch. You know, you're young. Maybe you try recliners. You've never tried recliners before you know, maybe maybe you find out you like recliners, too, or, or you like both, and so now you have a recliner and a couch.
2: So I should sew my wild furniture oats?
0: I think so. You're young, Nick. You know, you're... I am the you youngest really, of the three of us. Yeah, you don't need to lock yourself in, you know, don't buy this couch a ring quite yet.
2: <laughs> I don't need to be tied down to it
0: yet. If that's what you're into, tie yourself down to the couch. I don't give a shit, <laughs> but, uh...
2: I mean... Maybe that's a topic for another episode. Maybe is. that's a topic for one of those moments where Joe steps away.
1: <laughs> hey, we can do that right now. If you'd like
2: we don't we don't want his we don't want it. No, I'm just kidding. the The only other thing the only other thing I've got for you, fine gentlemen, is a, an update on something that I've been doing for myself. I have now been for a little over two weeks been doing the keto diet. Um, it is the first time I've ever in my entire life done an actual diet. And followed it. I haven't had any caffeine or any real sugar in over two weeks now, which marks the longest period probably since I was three years old, maybe even less than that, which when you think about it is a kind of sign of how unhealthy I am, I've been, America is, the fast food culture is, all of that, all of the above. Uh, But I have... I've lost I'm down to 213 pounds, which is seeing that on the scale Mm -hmm. was the biggest of serotonin boosts uh, that I've gotten in quite some time. Uh, I still I'll be absolutely frank as to why I did it. I got tired of not liking what I see in the mirror. And in pictures, I I know there is I, I know I'm rather attractive. I I. I, in my logical piece of my brain, know that you know I'm I'm not a bad looking guy. Well, that's an Six understatement. four. I'm um, you know I, I don't have the world's biggest nose, but it it, it, it fills
0: out my face. I, You've done the kind of analysis on yourself that Oscar did to Hillary Swank on <laughs> The Office. Yes, Just breaking down the the calculable, measurable definitions of attractiveness. Absolutely correct.
2: And I know logically, like very attractive people have been attracted to me which is always you know generally a sign of like hey i'm 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 uh, i'm doing all right but i have for too long and and in other ways put my own self-worth based on the reactions of others based on the thoughts of others based on the prior you know prioritizing other people over myself um I want to like the way I look and I currently don't. I, I like it more than I did when I was 235 or 238 in my highest. But uh, I I still don't like, the, you know, I, I won't get into the specifics of where I carry my weight. But uh, I I think of this as more of like something I should have done or tried five years ago when I was at my lowest, my most depressed in a job that felt dead end and where I would feel sick every Sunday and because I didn't want to go to work on Monday and I was just I lived in a pit on the couch and never moved never did anything that uh, this this would have been something that would have helped I think jump start me out of that but that's also some sometimes the hardest point from which to try something
0: like this yeah I mean we're we're all at that point in life on the bell curve where it would have been easier to do this yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. It will
2: always be harder tomorrow. And I'm someone where the activation energy for me to do something, anything, I'm, I'm so much of a hermit that just getting me to come out, just getting me to, you know, start or go to whatever event, the activation energy is so high as it is. And then amplify that by like, I, I looking back and feel like I've wasted my time. Why bother with it now? Uh, it, I I really have to exert. And the other piece of this is the the only way I can do this, the only way I know me knowing myself that I can stick with it is to be so strict about it. To mm-hmm. be to go so overwhelmingly intensely at it. Uh, my diets of the past have included things like this. Yeah, I guess I'll stop drinking a little bit. Yeah, I guess I'll I'll try to eat less sugar, or I'll I'll get less Wendy's, or you know that kind of thing. And even then, it lasts what four or five days, and then it
0: it has to be it has to be binary. Right. It can't be gray. You know,
2: so, zero or one. So I I had always planned I'm gonna you know to me 2020 has the has been over for a while now (laughs) the end of the year is is relatively meaningless I'm not doing Thanksgiving I will be home for that Um, Christmas not gonna be doing a Christmas I will go obviously see my mother as a joint Christmas birthday Uh, I told her I'd make meatballs with her because I owe her I think 10 pounds of meatballs from some bets we've made over the years (laughs) but uh, I don't do a lot of things I do see some people that I know stay safe and we still wear masks and we still distance and we, st- you know, do all that stuff. But even then that's once a week, once every two weeks at most. So the the majority of that time is me here, which is a good thing. Meaning f- for this piece, my diet is entirely controllable. I track mm-hmm. everything I eat. I track everything, um, you know, put in the, there's a wonderful app carb manager that already has most like branded things already loaded into it where I can just scan yep. a barcode um, it that has taken so much of the work out of it that this has been possible for me. But it's just, it's felt nice to do something, to take on something that, that has been so heavy and weighed so heavy on me for so long and start to see positive results. Now, I will say I am well aware that the majority of what I lost is almost certainly water weight, but um, I I gave myself that I was going to do this for at least 30 days I may stretch it out to the through the end of the year. Uh, if I, I like the trending that it's going. I, I don't mind the diet itself. I've found a tremendous amount of things that I still like. And it has helped me immensely with portion control because my gluttony, as both of you are well aware, is that of legend, uh, especially when it comes to, well, either the food or the drink. Uh, mm-hmm. There is no bottom to my stomach when I really need to pull things out.
0: I, I know this is, uh, this is an auditory me, uh, media here, but I like that you're saying all of this while we're watching Joe here go total Fred Flintstone I'm, on a rack of ribs. If I'm being honest, I was trying not to look at Joe. Is it, uh, give me a nod there. Is it bonefish? It's a. Hopping. It's a rabbit? Kangaroo? Hop, rabbit ribs? mad.
2: Outback steakhouse. There it is. Yeah, I, 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 to full disclosure, I was looking only at Matt and not at Joe because the barbecue sauce on those ribs would not fit into this keto diet that I'm doing. Um, I went and helped my uncle and aunt move five tons of stone on, on Saturday, and they had p- some pizzas and some pre-made oh. drinks that were delivered by someone that, that's a manager of a, a Panini's. Oh, no. And I... The war crimes, the atrocities that I would commit on a pepperoni pizza right now are <laughs> unspeakable <laughs> because that is the thing I am craving most. And it, it's I, – I can have pepperoni pizza. I could do like a cauliflower crust or like a keto crust and still do some tomato sauce and cheese and pepperoni. But just think of like the greasiest, shittiest – most delicious pepperoni pizza you've ever eaten. I would eat two of them right
0: now. <laughs> well, I'm super proud of you. Uh, Thank you. Uh, it's it's not easy. I did a little bit of keto last year. Um, living in Orlando and being an avid theme park goer made it pretty much impossible to maintain. Um, now is the time to do this because, yeah. like you said, you you have no outside influences whatsoever. Um, but I approached it. I think the same way you're approaching it of uh, Kimmy Schmidt, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, in the bunker with the crank. Yep. I can stand anything for 10 seconds. Yep. And I I just approached it from, you know what, I can go one day without processed sugar and carbs. And the next morning I would wake up and go, you know what, I can go another day without it. And it just kind of went on and went on, and then I went to the Magic Kingdom, and there's no options for you there, so I had a dull whip and gave up. Um uh, but uh <laughs> a sounds so good right now, yeah, but no, I applaud you i mean you know i'm i'm unhappy that you're unhappy with your body but i'm i'm happy that you're on a path to improve that
2: i will oh thank you very much that's very kind of you um i will say also part of Part of why I'm unhappy is probably, uh, and and I say probably as if it's not a sure thing, related to some of my romantic foibles of the last two years uh, of, you know, at a certain point you start to internalize, well... Did things not work out because there's something wrong with me? And why why didn't they work out? What what's what's wrong with me? What's every flaw and every fault I've ever seen or could ever see in my character in my per- that kind of thing? Uh, I
0: don't know how many more times I have to tell you that I will bone you on that love loveseat, <laughs> but I'll just keep taking the rejection. Yeah, uh, it,
2: I hope you don't internalize the rejection like I used to,
0: but. <laughs> But
2: unfortunately, because the two of you were already taken, I have to find love elsewhere.
0: You'll get there, Brad.
2: I know. Because of and this podcast. Will, Literally only because we'll,
0: of this. We will complete the triptych, <laughs> and the two of us will be in your wedding.
2: Well, I mean, let's not jump to any conclusions.
0: I got the jump to conclusions, Matt, all set up. I know.
2: We already know you're both in my wedding. If, Assuming I do have a wedding of any sort, I might... Be with someone that doesn't want to get married or only wants to have a small wedding, in which case you'll be two of ten people there.
0: Listen, if you get married to the couch, I'll be there.
2: <laughs> I appreciate that. Matt, do you have any, any parting thoughts, anything you'd like to say before we, we say goodbye to our dear listeners?
0: You know, 2020 has been just – it's been the dumpster fire of the millennia. And I think we've all had to find incredible ways to cope with it. It looks like from a couple different fronts that it is easing up maybe as we go into 2021. Um, but I think we're going to come out on the other side of this with some of the weirdest ways to problem solve and cope with future things in our life. And, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how that, completely changes our generation. Um, you know, when we're telling our great grandkids that they really should not have touched that person's hand when they came into the room, you know, what are the things that we're gonna have forever because of this year? Um, and I think just getting together with you guys and talking about those things we've used to cope is gonna be a blast.
2: Yeah. I definitely agree and and just as a note to the listener if that wasn't clear not every episode is gonna be like this where we're doing you know introductions and that kind of stuff we wanted to really kick this off with a, you know a clearer concept you may know one of us you may know two of us you may you know generally know all three of us uh, but we wanted to to kind of level set of who we are why we're doing this and then kind of give you a little window into our personalities. Uh, the, the expectation is that moving forward, we will be much more like the back half of this episode where, you know, we're each bringing a couple of things to the table of, you know, things we enjoy, things that distracted us and some of the stuff that, that we needed to get distracted from, or some of the stuff that's weighing on us. Cause we're not, we're not going to steer away. We're not going to blindly ignore uh, the, the dumpster fire in the room, if you will, to, to continue the metaphor. But, but, yeah, I think that's a good point. Joe, do we still have you with us there, bud? Oh, I'm here. Uh, do you have any, any parting thoughts for the listeners before before we wrap this one up and put it in the can and the tin?
1: Well, I think this will be an a interesting opportunity for different sides of personality to come out that perhaps some family and friends, coworkers aren't familiar with or haven't really seen before. So... I think I'm looking forward to that. I hope I'm looking forward to that. I hope it's not a bad thing. But I guess time will tell.
2: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Um I will say thank you for listening whoever you are. What are, I I I love both of you gentlemen that are on this podcast with me tremendously and you listener, I love you too. You're you're doing a great job. I think that, you know, Keep up the good work. Treat yourself like you would treat a loved one. Don't be so hard on yourself. Be a little extra kind to yourself. Uh, As a a personal favor to me, I would appreciate that. Unless you're a narcissist, you're already doing fine. Uh, Talk about something other than yourself tomorrow a a little bit more and do do the world a favor. But um, that's, of course, coming from a family of narcissists um, who I love tremendously and who are the best people on the planet. And they'll be the first ones to tell you. So uh, hopefully, you, uh, dear listener, have have found some success I- to our mission of of trying to bring you only the greatest and only the best in distractions. Um, we welcome, and I will say this every time: we welcome, we beg for, we I'm I will grovel on my knees to you, dear listener. We have an email address: distraction impossible at gmail.com, no colon, no punctuation, just distraction impossible at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, comments, concerns, complaints. We will read things on the podcast. We will take ideas. If there's something you want us to talk about, if there's something you want us to stop doing, whatever it is, we are very open to your feedback. We want to create a warm and an environment in which the people that you you've given your time to us and supported us in this we want to really show our appreciation by listening back to you on that
0: really if you have a very good uh keto friendly barbecue sauce recipe oh, yeah. that's all nick really oh, wants my Lord. Uh, some pulled chicken yeah. and some keto friendly
2: barbecue sauce
0: oh. yeah that's distractionimpossible at gmail.com.
2: I would eat one serving of that per me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. We love you, and, and keep fighting the good fight.
0: Love you all. See you later. Peace. Bye-bye.